The following program is being brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. To access inner resources to create the most productive, loving, and joyful life, each of us needs to awaken to explore in depth who we really are. Welcome to Explorations in Consciousness with Dr. Joe. Today, we'll learn what our past lives can tell us about our present life and understand how our beliefs create our reality. Now, here is Dr. Joe Mancini. Good morning, everyone. I'm Dr. Joe Mancini, your host for Explorations in Consciousness with Dr. Joe. I'm a certified clinical hypnotherapist and spiritual counselor in private practice in Rockville, Maryland. I want to say first a few words about the overall focus of the show for those who are new listeners. In various ways on this show, in every episode, we will examine how to access inner resources to create the most productive, loving, and joyful life. And I can't think of a, a greater and more awesome overall goal for all of our lives. To accomplish that goal, each of us needs to awaken, to explore in depth who each of us really is, to recognize oneself as a compassionate, multidimensional being made of God stuff, and to accept responsibility for being the co-creator with all that is of every bit of one's reality. This series of 13 episodes that began on August 13th will focus on what past lives can tell us about who we really are. My guests and I will examine several related topics, past life regression, the true nature of past lives, soul mission and karma, the multidimensional self, reincarnating soul groups, how to change past lives and soul contracts, and much more. A further aid to all this exploration will be the concepts about past lives and other metaphysical matters that were voiced by Seth, that, that energy, personality, essence, channeled by Jane Roberts from 1963 to her passing over in 1984. Rich Kendall, one of the so-called New York boys who attended Jane's ESP classes in the early 70s, shared with us at the beginning of the series some of Seth's ideas about past lives and also what Seth said about a couple of Rich's past lives. You can access that show and others by going to the episode directory on my Voice America homepage. Two weeks ago, I shared with you the structure of a kind of bare-bones past life regression. Well, my guest today, Greg McHugh, clinical hypnotherapist and author of The New Regression Therapy, will talk about how complex past life regression, past life regression can be, especially when there are blocks caused by what are called attached entities. He will talk about how he brings powerful spiritual resources to deal with them and to provide profound healing to past life trauma. Good morning, Greg, and welcome to the show. Oh, good morning, Joe. Thank you. It's really great to be here. Great. Okay. So we'll get started by my asking the first question, and that is, what is new about your new regression therapy? Well, I think uh, a little contrast would be helpful uh, to 
traditionally, if there would be the right uh, modifier to regression therapy, uh, practitioners uh, go have the client go either under trance or through uh, their feeling link to the past life trauma and go through that life and then perhaps through the death experience and into the interlife. And they may or may not do anything after that with the client's process. That's a very brief summary. And in in the new regression therapy, <clears throat> excuse me, there are other tools that I bring in. Um, and one of them is uh, using the presence of uh, of the divine or the light, white light. And uh, this is is done at different stages or can be done at different stages. For instance, in the interlife after the client as the past life personality moves through the death experience and then into the heaven worlds, there is generally an experience of, uh, of the light in some manner. Sometimes it's very, their descriptions are very explicit about the light and being white and warm and loving and so on. In that place, there's also uh, a stage that's been identified by uh, Michael Newton, who has done a lot of study on interlife experiences, psychologist, and uh, and some of his students. Um, there's a period called the review stage or review period, and that's where the 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 spirit out of that life reviews that life in the presence of other beings who are light beings, teachers, angels, who are helping that one look at that life in uh, without judgment to see what they learned and, and what they carried out of that life. In that place, there is usually a distilling that is of what the main themes were that were left undone uh, and the beliefs. For instance, feelings of abandonment, and associated beliefs like I can never be loved, I'm not worthy of being loved. Those are the feelings and beliefs that are carried on by the soul into future lives. So in that place, I I usually invite in a divine presence of uh, Elijah, who was a prophet in a prior life, or an angel of the white light to come and touch that spirit in the field of that belief and feelings of abandonment and I'm not worthy. And what happens is that field, uh, that energy, which in uh, Hindu scripture in the Upanishads is called sanskaras. It's an impression on the soul that otherwise is carried forward into other lives. It dissolves. And so that issue is no longer an issue. It's no longer an energetic theme that will have any further impact for the client. Then the client's in a very high altered state in that uh, uh, review period. And I make the suggestion now we can carry that state back to that life we just have processed where you experienced mm -hmm. being abandoned to the womb, to those experiences where people left you and there was trauma, and notice the impact. And there is a, always a, an impact that is, uh, it's not a rescripting or, or reframing,
by the rational mind, but um, a reorientation that's in accord with the with the client's inner being, feeling loved, feeling acceptance, feeling compassion for the people that left them, and so on. So that's one major element. So, so what? So what I'm hearing you say is that you, in certain situations with certain clients, you'll take them um, into the interlife from a past life right. and acquire some some spiritual resources that heal yes. um, certain aspects. And then you bring that feeling and a condition of healing back to the past life persona. Yes. And, and therefore, in effect, change the past life. Right. And that, in effect, that past life is already changed by having that field in the review period being transformed. Right. Because, okay. okay. Then, uh, should I continue? I have. Well, I wanted to ask you another question. This even uh, bespeaks the the um, the concept that uh, Seth has said about simultaneous time, because what you're doing while you're dealing with the person uh, persona of the past life, you're moving into the future, which is the interlife, and yeah. then back again. So right. everything, you know, there is really no time. In, in the spiritual world, and that makes it possible to, I think, one of the main reasons why we can change um, the past life and therefore the present life as well. That's very good. I agree. That? That's really good. Yeah. Okay. That's really important. Well, I'm going to stop you for a minute because there's a couple of things I'd like to say more about. Um, you, you were in a semi-monastic uh, Organization. Well, I wouldn't call it an organization, but uh, what would you call it? Well, it was an order. It was an Gnostic so, Christian order. Yeah. And and is that one of the sources of your attention to spiritual resources uh, used in your past life regressions? Yeah, I would say um, that the spiritual experiences that I had during that era, <laughs> that period in my life, were. Uh, definitive and powerful and changed me and and then I learned of the, the presence of others uh, great teachers and, and uh, angelic resources through direct experience okay and for as long as I've known you one of the most powerful resources to you is what you call the spirit of Elijah but you also refer to it as the heart of Elijah is that right? right yes C- can you tell us how how you became aware of that spirit? Uh, okay. Well, this is a, a story that's not really known by many. Uh, and I should say that he, he is known by others around the world uh, and celebrated uh, in different parts of the world in religious ceremonies, but is pretty much unknown in the Western European and, and uh, North American culture. Um, so the, uh, the short version is that there was a class that I was teaching with a colleague of mine years ago. And, um, this, my, my colleague and her husband had been doing, uh, remote work. That's my definition of doing healing and clearing of spirits out of clients through a surrogate where the client was not present. And, and we'll talk husband, more about that later. Yes, right. Okay. Okay, so the husband was uh, uh, 
had good spiritual sight. He could see things on the other side very easily. And he noticed uh, during this work when they would call upon angels of the white light, that's a, the nomenclature for defining the type of angel that you want, excluding all others, and uh, that there were, they, they were all of the same color and shape and so on, except for this one who had uh, a pink tinge around his field, this, this like globe or sphere. And, uh, and he was curious about it, so he said to his wife, you know, maybe we should find out. So in the group, which was a day I happened not to be at- attending because I was sick that day, um, my colleague said to her husband, well, let's find out who this person is, who this angel is. So uh, she put him into trance. And there were, it was just a small group of six or seven people sitting in a circle. And then a, a column of light appeared in the room. Wow. And this voice came through uh, uh, the husband saying, I am the heart of Elijah. And I was with Jesus <clears throat> on the mountain when, I think it was Mount Tabor, where uh, God came down and the dove, and this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Well, that was re- that's referenced in the New Testament. And then it also, um, so that was significant. And, uh, and I heard about it right away, like in a day or two. So I started going inside in meditation and, uh, to meet this fellow, you know, to find out if he was for real or what he was. And he showed up right away, and his presence was like an old dear friend, male, and um, <coughs> sorry about the cough. And then um, he became an ally for me and started teaching me how to use his presence. I had been using uh, white light experience of the clients in the interlife, and then I started using his presence instead and noticing how his presence would cause um, other transformations to take place within the spirit of the client in that interlife. For instance, if, if the client were um, maybe had been a perpetrator in that life we had just processed, but was felt no remorse and was still holding on with bitterness to the person who had first mistreated them, that's an understatement, in that life, it might be that that Elijah's presence would bring about a shift so there would be remorse. Not total healing, but remorse, which is critical for for, uh, in-depth healing. It's like a stage that has to happen for some types of of patterns and uh, themes. And then I would let that person be in the remorse experience and then wait and just observe and the client would share what they were experiencing in that state and then recognize that there was another touch so to speak that needed to happen and I would invite Elijah back in again to touch them in the remorse experience so that they fully processed the remorse and became clear 
forgave the original perpetrator in their life, felt compassion for them, and then noted uh, they could go to their victims who easily uh, forgave them, and there was an experience of union with them. So there were different ways of using him other than just uh, as a presence of, of divine light. Yeah, I I have actually, since I found out about him through you, I have actually brought him um, to help in some client interactions, and mm-hmm. they've it's been very, very powerful. Yeah, uh, it is. And, and I just want to remark before we go to break, um, what you've just told us is kind of typical of uh, practitioners who um, – do a lot of past life regression, new um, new things happen. Uh, we find out a whole lot more about about life, about the cosmos, and this is one of the reasons why this practice is such uh, a wonderful thing to be engaged in. Yeah. And and I'm sure there are a lot of other practitioners who could lead, you know share their experiences with um, what they have learned about the other world and the resources therein, because it's really, truly amazing. Um, Okay, so instead of starting a new topic, I think we'll go to break. Okay. Uh, This is uh, Dr. Joe Mancini, and you're listening to Explorations in Consciousness with Dr. Joe. We'll be right back with more from my guest, Greg McHugh, CHT. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Have you thought that there may be more to your life than you know? Maybe you're puzzled by coincidences that seem to happen out of nowhere. Or possibly you have a sense of deja vu in a place you have never been before. What about those dreams that seem to materialize right before your eyes? or bring startling, clear images of loved ones who have passed over. These are only a few of the great many topics that you can find much more about by having a hypnotherapeutic session with Dr. Joe Mancini. Dr. Joe is a clinical hypnotherapist certified by many national and international hypnosis organizations specializing in spiritual hypnotherapy. Dr. Joe can help you discover much more of who you really are and why you came here this time around. Joe's clients repeatedly emphasize his vast spiritual knowledge, amazing skills, and great heart. He establishes a safe, caring environment in which individuals feel free to be all that they are. Call Joe at 301-526-2043 or reach him by email at soulserver at erals.com to find out more. That's 301-526-2043 or by email at soul, S-R-V-R, at E-R-O-L-S dot com. Be visionary. Be extraordinary. Be the change. This is the 7th Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. You are listening to Explorations in Consciousness with Dr. Joe. To reach Dr. Joe Mancini or his guest, please call into our program at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. 
You may also send an email to soulserver at erols.com. That's soul, S-R-V-R, at erols, E-R-O-L-S, dot com. Now, back to Explorations in Consciousness. Welcome back, everyone. This is Dr. Joe Mancini hosting Explorations in Consciousness with Dr. Joe. We are talking with my guest, Greg McHugh, about his new regression therapy. Before we move on to another topic, Greg, I want to ask you one more question about uh, those spiritual resources. Do you have to go into the interlife with the client in order to bring those resources to bear on uh, the regression? I mean, do I, as the therapist, have to go in? Yes. No. Yes. Can you just bring them, ask them? No, they're, they're of- sharing with me their, <clears throat> their experience. And I know, so by their description, I know where they are. Now, sometimes I may be with them and have a sense of what they're experiencing uh, viscerally myself. But generally, when they say, well, I'm this or that, then I know exactly where they are. And, and and I might make it further inquiry to further define the place or location, so to speak, in the, in the heaven world journey that they're in. But I, I don't have to go in with them. There, there may be um, therapists that do that, and that's fine, but it's not a requirement. You don't have to be a doctor psychic to, uh, to do this work. Of, of course not. Yeah, some people think that. Yeah. Um, Actually, spirit helps us all uh, right. when we ask right. for it. Okay, so I want to move on, but actually we're not going to be moving too far away from what we've been talking about. Uh, sometimes when you are working with someone in a past life, there are some difficulties, and they're caused by what we call attached spirits so enti- or entities. Would you describe what they are? Because there's several different kinds. Yeah, there's three uh, kinds, two that are most dominant. Uh, one is a, the, the spirit of a deceased human, someone who's had a life here, and instead of going through the normal death process of going into the light and into the heaven worlds and in, into that place, uh, they remain here. Uh, either as ghosts, which what we commonly call ghosts, um, where they're not attached to anybody per se, they may be uh, attached to location, or they are definitely in a certain state of consciousness that keeps them from going to the light. Or they may attach to us. They may enter into our energetic field. When they do that, they bring into our feeling state and our mental state the state that they died in. So if I have a client who uh, is very depressed and became depressed all of a sudden, um, maybe a couple months ago or something, in the process of working with the client, I may discover that there is a deceased human spirit, which we call earthbound spirit, um, that's attached to was depressed in their life and committed suicide. So then we clear them out by persuading them uh, experientially that where they need to go is home into the white light. Uh, To do that, I usually invoke the presence of angels to bring them experiences of where they go, oh, that's where I want to go. So that's a simple description 
Then there are uh, dark beings or demons that come in all shapes and sizes. Um, and there are uh, some of them have been written about in different books that are pretty descriptive about their distinctive qualities. But their whole function is to keep us from our own light, from our own inner being, and our own life purpose and creative expression. And sometimes they aggravate uh, depression and anger uh, that people have and become extremely manipulative and controlling, even to the point of uh, uh, um, manipulating the client that they're attached to or the person they're attached to, to to acts of violence or to suicide to themselves, to the... the, uh, the host of the dark being. They now, are, I'm go sorry. ahead. Go ahead. So they are generally uh, cleared out with ease using angels of the white light. Sometimes there may be relationship with that soul that the dark one has, uh, where they came in earlier in that life, in this current life that the client's in, or in a prior life where they made an offer, you know, like uh, uh, selling your soul to the devil. If I could get power or if mm-hmm. I could get out of this, uh, get control over this person over here, I would do anything. And then uh, a demon shows up and it says, let me help you. And so there's an agreement that's made. And sometimes uh, difficulty in removing a dark being is because that agreement has to be dissolved in some way. In that situation, then we go back to the, that place of vulnerability that the uh, that the client was in in this life, where it came in, or in the prior life, and and bring healing to that vulnerable state. And then the demon never shows up and disappears out of their field in this life. I, I want to focus for a moment on what you said about the vulnerability because this is really important in terms of how entities find the people to attach to. They can't just willy-nilly decide they want to attach to someone. There's a vulnerability on the part of the host. Uh, Even almost in some cases uh, um, an invitation, explicit or implicit. Mm -hmm. Is that correct? Can you say a little more about that? That's a very good description. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes, uh, well, like an example that I use when I'm teaching is... uh, a client I had who was in his mid-30s who's a recovering alcoholic, and he, had, as a child, uh, he was beaten repeatedly by his alcoholic father. Every time his father would come home from work, his father would beat him up. So the, as the child, he would wait in the basement, cowering over in a corner in anticipation of his father coming in drunk and becoming violent. And... Uh, so he had prayed to God, asking for help, and had no experience in his awareness of God helping him. And uh, so he asked the devil to come in and help him. And this demon came in and took over and stayed with him until that one session when he was 35. And then we went back to that vulnerability, that's, that uh, experience prior, just prior, like moments before his asking, and brought healing to that state. And then the demon left. It actually never came in. So. so what I really want my 
listeners to understand is um, what we've talked. I've talked about in the Sethian view that we create our own reality. When we are vulnerable in that way and and don't take care to be careful about what we ask for, yeah, um, really. we can bring these uh, entities in. But that also gives us the power, with some help, to get rid of them. Yes. So if we acknowledge that we help bring them in inadvertently, un, you know, not with a clear intention, at least not conscious, we can manage to, to get rid of them and send them into the light with the help of the angels. Right, exactly. Yeah, and it's been, some listeners should know that uh, not to try to do the heavy lifting themselves. Right, exactly. It generally it doesn't work. You're trying to remove them with your will, which is egoic in its orientation. But to, to invoke the presence of angels of the white light, and they'll, that's their, one of their jobs, to serve us, serve you in that way, to keep you uh, healthy, and to ask them to take them out. And there's protocol uh, in my book about that. I won't go into it yeah, specifically. Yeah, right. They can't, they really can't be, for, at least not the earthbound beings, they can't be forced out. They have to be persuaded, whereas the dark beings, I believe you right. said, can right. be taken out just by invoking um, the heart of Elijah, the, the angels of light and love, and they will be taken. I, I actually did some, this is what we call spirit releasement. We did this, I did this with one client who had five attachments all of which had control of a different part of her body. Mm-hmm. And, and it was amazing the change that occurred once um, I, with the help of the angels, persuaded these entities yeah. to go into the light. It was just dramatic how that mm-hmm. happened. Okay, so what I want to ask you now is how do these entities get in the way of a past life regression? Um. It's, it's sort of like having a drug that you didn't know you took, <laughs> you know, like some painkiller or something that dulled your ability to focus and pay attention. And, uh, and so it may impede uh, your general functioning, the, the, the presence of a, of a deceased human spirit in your field. Greg, I'm going to stop you for a moment because we're going to have a break. Okay. Uh, so... This is Joe Mancini, Dr. Joe Mancini, hosting Explorations in Consciousness, and we'll be right back with more from my guest, Greg McHugh. The Seventh Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. Have you thought that there may be more to your life than you know? Maybe you're puzzled by coincidences that seem to happen out of nowhere. Or possibly you have a sense of deja vu in a place you have never been before. What about those dreams that seem to materialize right before your eyes? Or bring startling, clear images of loved ones who have passed over? These are only a few of the great many topics that you can find much more about by having a hypnotherapeutic session with Dr. Joe Mancini. Dr. Joe is a clinical hypnotherapist certified by many national and international hypnosis organizations specializing in spiritual hypnotherapy. Dr. Joe can help you discover much more of who you really are and why you came here this time around. Joe's clients repeatedly emphasize his vast spiritual knowledge, amazing skills, and great heart. 
He establishes a safe, caring environment in which individuals feel free to be all that they are. Call Joe at 301-526-2043 or reach him by email at soulserver at errols.com to find out more. That's 301-526-2043 or by email at soul, S-R-V-R, at E-R-O-L-S dot com. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. You are listening to Explorations in Consciousness with Dr. Joe. To reach Dr. Joe Mancini or his guest, please call into our program at 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email to soulserver at errols.com. That's soul, S-R-V-R, at errols, E-R-O-L-S, dot com. Now, back to Explorations in Consciousness. Welcome back, everyone. This is Dr. Jimmy Ancini hosting Explorations in Consciousness with Dr. Joe. We're talking with my, my guest, Greg McHugh, about his new regression therapy, and in particular, how attached entities can get in the way of a past life regression. So go ahead and tell us more, Greg. Okay, well... So uh, sometimes what happens is a uh, uh, the the client may not be able to do their journey, and in some cases, in the regression, they're actually uh, describing the attached earthbound spirits' experience or or life. For instance, um, at a client years ago who uh, was a young woman about. 35, and she was describing uh, Chicago's O'Hare Field. And uh, the long, the more she went into the description of it, I recognized that she could not have been uh, alive at the time that the, the, uh, the uh, construction of the, the new field and the concourses had taken place, and that it was someone else that was speaking. So mm-hmm. I said, and so what is your name? <laughs> and mm-hmm. there was this deceased human uh, female that was attached, and she gave me her name and told me how she had died. But I had spent 45 minutes in the session going back to, you know, to the, hopefully to the cause of something, and the person was describing the life during this past century that was obviously not uh, chronologically couldn't have been uh, the client. So that was my first learning. I mean, I had read about that before. I think William Baldwin discussed that in his book on spirit releasement therapy. But also, there are other types of experiences where they can interfere, uh, mostly in, in the, the functioning uh, of the client uh, in their, their capacity to uh, do the regression. So they may be back in a prior life and may be experiencing uh, the, the attached entity's prior life. 
that's possible too. Now that's just... pretty. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? Yeah. And yeah. I can only imagine what you must have been feeling and thinking when this first happened to you. I was embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was good, but not that good, you know. And uh, and I realized the mistake I had made. I, I had to learn from it pretty quickly. So that kind of thing does not come about too often. I usually uncover them uh, prior to that. But it also speaks about the 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 clients or the 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 person's uh, functioning and how so much of what we may be feeling and perceiving in ourselves, if we have someone attached to us like that, um, that how we can have a whole life that's misled and misperceived because it's through the eyes of someone else and through the feelings of someone else. And that's, you know, like I had a, um, this is kind of a funny story, but a client that was referred to me by a physician for uh, smoking cessation, which I do every once in a while. And, um, and, uh, this, she was describing, uh, how she had gained weight around. She looked like she had a spare tire around her midsection. <clears throat> and that was one of her issues also. And, um, she, and so in the process of going in and, and giving voice and expression to that, it turned out that it was, her deceased sister who was attached to her, who had been overweight and uh, a heavy smoker. And, and at the end of the session, the client said, you know, I always felt that my sister was around me. (laughs) (laughs) So literally her sister had been around her, but then had given her the, the craving for cigarettes. Um, Another client I had 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 developed symptoms of arthritis when we did the scan looking for any attachments. Um, there was someone there who had died with an arthritic condition that was attached to her. We cleared that out. Arthritis disappeared immediately. And uh, another who had been uh, started drinking martinis and smoking cigarettes, and she was 50-something. She had never done that before. And there was a, a deceased male who uh, was an alcoholic and a heavy smoker. We cleared that out, and that took care of that pattern, too. It's really important for uh, people who are smokers or who are overweight to be hearing what you're saying, because many times um, such people will go to um, a hypnotherapist who's not well-trained and uh, we'll be given mostly suggestion hypnotherapy, which right. rarely works um, to any significant degree when there are deeper issues like these. And, right. you know, so if you aren't aware that your um, smoking habit or your eating habit is being exacerbated by the habits of attached entities that are habits that are similar, um, you're you're walking up a mountain and falling down each time. Yeah, that's uh, a good metaphor. Yeah, it's it's really really hard. Um, you know, people get even more frustrated because uh, the hypnotherapist is not focusing on uh, what other possibilities there might be, and this is why mm-hmm. 
in the second um, episode of this series, I talked a little bit about uh, uh, how a listener might go about finding people who are well trained in this work. And you do, you have your own school, uh, do you not? Well, I teach intermittently. Uh, and, but, and it's through a, a nonprofit corporation that a friend of mine and I created a long time ago. Uh, and, uh, and then I also give lectures from, and have a mentoring group for students of, of this modality. And I would imagine that um, those students uh, really use that mentoring group a lot because when you get more and more into this profession, and in particularly this modality, you see more and more things happen that you may not have been prepared for uh, unless you've gotten adequate training. Right, and, and the training is, is ongoing because the experience and the learning that comes by doing this work about the potential situations for clients um, in past life situations or with uh, entity attachment and so on uh, is always the, the solutions and the healing uh, routes that can take place are always uh, kind of being explored or to me, being explained to me through my working with a client. Okay. What, what is the impact on clients who, let's say, done a past life regression and have found, uh, uh, with your help, uh, how useful the spiritual resources can be and, and clients who've also experienced uh, spirit releasement? What happens to their consciousness? Do they just simply walk away and, oh, great, oh, great yeah. that's... Right. Well, it's profound, the experience. Uh, immediately, there it's uh, a stunning opening, I guess. Not stunning as in a blow, but as an awakening. And they may walk away uh, with this opening in their consciousness and their awareness uh, that's very profound, an experience for them, and and the uh, the then the theme of what they presented, they they see that it's gone. Like if it were abandonment, and we uh, went to a life where the cause of the abandonment experience in this life was taking place, then they may come back the next week and say, you know, all all these people started coming up to me that I hadn't spoken to in years, asking me how I was doing, giving me a hug, and they start experiencing love coming to them instead of distance. And, or they'll look at how they're uh, perceiving others with the removal of the veil of that abandonment theme and wow. find more compassion rising up in their heart and be able to report that. And, and so... That as a therapist, it, it I I am reminded constantly that I do have to ask them. Oh, by the way, how was this? And they'll say, Oh, I, that's not even there anymore. I don't. I hardly mm -hmm. even remember that issue or that that theme. And sometimes um, it, the uh, the removal of entities is very significant. Generally, a, a person will feel lighter, but every once in a while, there may be a huge shift. I had a client a couple of weeks ago 
first time I'd seen him, and 61-year-old male, <clears throat> nice fellow, and he had done a lot of drugs uh, and so on over the years, and uh, it turned out later that he had 13 entities attached to him. Oh my gosh! Of, of different shapes and sizes, and uh, but the first one, he was sitting there in the recliner chair, and uh, started. He was describing this pain that he was having in the center of his chest, and and I asked him how long he'd had that, and he said for twenty five years. I mean, he knew when it first happened, and the pain would was sharp in the front and dull in the back, and it felt. Like, he said, like somebody was sitting on my chest, which is a common expression, incidentally, right. if uh-huh. you have an entity attached to you. Uh, but, but nobody collaborates. I'm going to go in and see Greg and and uh, give this expression. You know, So so I asked him uh, to uh, to be with that feeling in the chest, and if, the, if that feeling had a voice, if it could speak, what would it say? And the immediate response was, um, I want out of here. Mm-hmm. So I knew it was an entity. I just didn't know which kind. And uh, and then there was further description of the entity by itself, and I knew it was a dark being. So I had the angels come in. and I, At first I asked if, I asked the dark being if it had an arrangement to be with the client, to be attached to it, and it said no. So then I knew the next few steps would be simple. Mm-hmm. And I asked the angels to come in with a mesh of light and draw that, that being that I was having dialogue with up and out of my client's chest into the appropriate place for it in the white light now. Great. And then the client went, <gasps> and put his hand on his chest and his face got, uh, lighter, there was more life in it, and he said, "I can breathe now." Mm. And he said, "I that's completely gone. The pain is gone, like right away." It and is it, often quite dramatic. Yeah. So, it, so in all your, back. in all your uh, talk in the last few minutes, what I'm hearing is that healing, at least the way we do it is not a return to the status quo. It's an expansion of consciousness. Very, yes, very true. It's, it's like removing veils that we've placed around our inner being. And so each time that we clear uh, a past life that has been causal to those, one of those veils or themes in this life, more of the self, the inner being, the capital S self, can shine through us, and we become consciously aware of that shift and our and our feeling presence in the world and in our life. It's, so it's like um, uh, a gradual series of initiations that are truly spiritual, but we just don't say, "Hey, you're, well, now we're going to do an initiation." But it is a similar experience, and that's a very very powerful word uh, yeah. because we have so few cultural initiations today that are taken seriously, at least on a spiritual level. And so working with a hypnotherapist and a past life regressionist uh, really is a spirit is going on a spiritual journey. Is it not? Yes, it's definitely a spiritual journey. And to me, it's sacred 
yeah. uh, the work of doing it and being on the journey as the client is it's a sacred journey and, and it's an honor and a privilege to work with people in that way yeah. so let me move you on to another uh, thing that you do that very few other um, hypnotherapists do uh, and that is remote regression uh-huh. so can you tell us what that is well it's using a surrogate who becomes the client when the client is not physically present in the therapy room. And then they step into the field and the energy of the client and become them. And then we take the journey regressing back to the cause of whatever the issue is we're going to address on that day and go through the whole process as if the client were actually in the therapy chair. So the surrogate the is journey the client. And everything else. I'm sorry. I'm I'm sorry. The surrogate is then the client. Yes. Okay, and that's what I want my listeners to get really clear about. The and how is it that the surrogate can enter the field of the uh, field of energy around the the client? Well, it there's no that they can't. Is just a, a perception in our thinking and our belief system okay. that we are not separate from each other is, yes. is the truth. So once you enter into that mode of thinking and go, oh, well then, so let's call uh, John Smith forward. Then let's bring him into the room, and we identify him. and And this may be somebody that I've never met, and that and generally that the therapist who's the surrogate has never met. We may have a photograph. We may we may have. Usually, we have date of birth and location, um, and we may have other identifying information. But it's it's uh, very clear every time that uh, it's entirely possible. It's like is if you were to imagine this. Let's say um, there's a sibling that you have a brother or sister, and you called them their spirit forward into your awareness and first you observed how they were and then in mind you leave yourself and drop in through the crown uh, in the head of the other and start to feel how they are in the heart the belly solar plexus and so on and then you start to get a perception of how that person is now this evolved uh, out of, uh, in, in my experience, out of the old Gestalt dialogue that Fritz Perls, who was a psychiatrist, created Gestalt therapy years ago, and, and some of the listeners may know about his work. And he would have a, uh, his patient and then an empty chair across from the patient, and the patient would be bitching and moaning about his mother, for instance, and, and how mother you know, never loved him and so on. And he would have the patient physically get up and go over and, and uh, sit in the other chair and become his mother. He wouldn't say, this is not something, this is unusual. You can just, just go and do that. And then, so the, the patient would take on the affect of the mother. And they would have this dialogue back and forth that was guided by Fritz or the Gestalt therapist. And eventually, there may, they may come to an integration or uh, a dissolving of some of the issues be, be, uh, that the patient was carrying. 
So this was a very powerful tool <clears throat> that I was trained in uh, 10,000 years ago, <laughs> metaphorically, of course, uh, in the 60s. And and then in uh, in the 70s and 80s, um, um, I'm trying to remember his name, the fellow who created alchemical hypnotherapy. David Quigley. David Quigley, right, yeah. integrated that tool into trance state or hypnotic state. And they started noticing very significant shifts uh, in relationships that people had and they were presenting and trying to deal with. And, and the, the client would become the other. He's, he, this time the client's in trance, becomes the estranged partner or mother or so on. And then afterwards he'd go home from the, the therapy session and there would be a voicemail on his message machine um, from the estranged wife he had been dealing with in therapy that he hadn't spoken to in six months. Great. And then it'd come in during the session. So people started going, uh, there's something more here. Going right. On. Well, I want to also acknowledge that there, there are certain criteria that you, that uh, are needed to have the appropriate surrogate. We don't have time to go into that right now. Right, right, um, that's true. And also certain permissions that are, are necessary, either from the person themselves or from the higher selves, to uh -huh. go on the journey for right. them. Right. Well, we, unfortunately, we are coming to a close uh, for today. I want to thank you very much, Greg, for your personal stories and professional expertise on the topic of using divine resources to heal the trauma from attached entities and past lives. You are immensely enlightening about these very important topics. And again, my friend, thank you so much. Yeah, you're very welcome, Joe. It's great talking okay. with you. This is Dr. Joe Mancini, your host for Explorations in Consciousness with Dr. Joe. Please tune in next week when I will have as my guests... Dana and Shana Robinson, shamanic practitioners and teachers and authors of Shamanism and the Spirit Mate. They will share with you how the three of us staged a unique workshop combining shamanic journeying and past life regression. Two of the participants in that workshop will join us and discuss how the workshop expanded their consciousness, to say the least. You will see that um, they were pretty awed by the entire experience, and we had we had to use a lot of uh, grounding techniques, which we will discuss uh, on the show as well. So, may you all be open to the peace of all that is in every moment of your lives. Thank you for listening, and a hearty good day to all of you. Thank you for tuning in to Explorations in Consciousness with Dr. Joe. Please join us again next Tuesday morning at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. We'll offer another enlightening program next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. 
visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.